0: Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Friends, like I said at the beginning of Mass, today we're celebrating the, the memorial of the uh, presentation of Our Lady in the temple when she was a young girl. Um, So the church has a hierarchy of of feasts. So you have optional memorials, memorials, feasts, and solemnities. And I was surprised looking at the, the Ordo, which is the little booklet that tells priests which masses to say and, you know, those sorts of things. It's all very complicated. Anyway... But I was surprised that the feast, or that the uh, the presentation of Our Lady, is just a mere memorial. I was like, that should this should be a solemnity. This should be a feast. We should have incense and servers. That's what I think. Anytime we have a feast for Our Lady, I think it should be uh, highly elevated. You don't seem to agree. Okay, so uh, all right. Anyway, sorry, Mary. Um, so, like I said, today is the feast of the presentation of Our Lady, and the Church invites us to reflect on this beautiful text from the prophet Zechariah and. Um, I was thinking about how this past Sunday, so we have, if you've been to the 1030 Mass the past couple weeks, you've gotten to see how many people we have in the Becoming Catholic series. I've lost count. Uh, I think we're somewhere in the ballpark of, I think, 27 adults and something like six kids. So the Easter Vigil is going to be phenomenal this year. It's going to be so cool. But uh, So at this past Sunday, we had to have a sort of makeup session um, after the 1030 Mass downstairs in the Andes room. And in that session, I was going over, I was teaching um, a few different things. One of the things was the, the biblical principle of salvation history, or the biblical, the Christian view of salvation history, so telling the great story um, of what God has been doing in human history, and also kind of outlining this idea of covenants and typology. Typology is one of those biblical words um, St. Paul, in fact, uses the word in one of his letters that he says that Christ or Adam is a type of the one to come, that typology is this biblical idea that there are persons, places, events, things that happen in the Old Testament, right, that that point to and prefigure the things that happen and are fulfilled by New Testament things, right? So you've got Moses is a type of Christ, the new lawgiver, right? Moses gives the man a bread in the wilderness. Jesus gives the Eucharist the miraculous bread from heaven, Moses gives the law in Sinai. Jesus gives the new law on the Mount of the Beatitudes. Moses' life was threatened by Pharaoh when he was born. Jesus' life was threatened by a tyrant, Herod, when he was born. On and on and on it goes. So that's the idea. So uh, typology, right, it's, a, it's an integral way that God has been unveiling his plan, unveiling these mysteries through time. And, and this memorial that we have today, the Feast of the Presentation, is a, is a good example of this because what we have is the temple coming to the temple. We have the old temple being visited by the new temple. That's who Mary is, right? That's one of her titles, Temple of the Lord. What is the temple but the dwelling place of the Most High God? Right, in the Old Testament, the the glory cloud, the Holy Spirit, descends upon the temple. The temple is filled with the presence of God. What does Gabriel say to Mary at the Annunciation? And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. You'll be filled with the presence of the Most High, right? That she is the dwelling place of God. So in this mystery, you have the new temple coming to the old temple. You have Zechariah saying, sing and rejoice, O daughter Zion, O daughter Zion, this past Sunday, I talked about how Mary is the personification of the church. She is the personal face of the church, which is also another way of saying she is the personification of Israel. She's the personal face of Israel. So throughout this, the, the prophetic literature in the Old Testament, you have this, this sort of intimation of that, right? This figure, daughter Zion that the prophets write about. Who is is daughter Zion? It's no one in particular, and it's everyone in general. Mary is daughter Zion. She is the personification of Israel. All the promises and hopes and desires are met in her, right? Israel was called by God to be a people peculiarly his own, right? They were going to be the people who God was going to be in a particular covenant relationship with, that he was, they were the people he was going to pour himself out to. Well, where does that all come to fulfillment? The kenosis of God, the, the pouring forth of God, the kenosis of God happens in Mary. I one, one of my, my mentors, he put it this way. He said that Mary is the locus and the focus of God's kenosis. That's pretty good, right? The locus and focus of God's kenosis Right, what what does Zechariah say? See, I am coming to dwell among you, says the Lord. I'm coming to dwell among you. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. At verbum caro hic factum est. The word was made flesh here. Where? In her. The Greek word that, that John uses to say, and dwelt among us. Is the Greek word eskenosen, which literally means pitched his tent or tabernacled. The word was made flesh and tabernacled among you. What was the tabernacle in the Old Testament? Right? Mary hearing those words, tabernacle, what would she have thought? She would have thought of the Old Testament, for her, the Jewish scriptures, she would have thought of the tent of the meeting, which was the prefigurement of the temple. The word was made flesh and templed among us. Many nations shall join themselves to the Lord on that day, Zechariah says. And they shall be his people from the very beginning. From the very beginning in the mystery of the nativity, what do we see? We see the veneration of the magi, the pagans, the Gentiles, the people from all the nations, right? We see Jesus drawing people from all the scattered parts of Israel's history, from the diaspora, we he, we see Jesus going to Tyre and Sidon, these pagan Gentile regions. Many nations shall join themselves to the Lord. It's fulfilled certainly in Saint Paul, the mission of Saint Paul, the missionary to the Gentiles, the apostle to the Gentiles. And then Zechariah says, "Silence all mankind in the presence of the Lord. He stirs forth from his holy dwelling." Pointing to the mystery of the nativity itself. Like the mystery of the birth in Bethlehem. Like wordless wonder. I love how it says silence all mankind. Close your mouth before this mystery. When the word comes forth from the temple of his mother's womb. So friends as you can see on this memorial, in, this my, in these mysteries, there is just layer upon layer. There are always these Russian nesting dolls of beauty and significance and meaning. And, and again, we're just meant to be reminded that who she is is who we are called to be. It's why we call her our life, our sweetness, and our hope. If she's not who we're called to be, she's not our hope. She's our hope. Carol Hauslander, who is a brilliant 20th century theologian and writer, she was, uh, she was writing this work called The Read of God R-E-E-D, The Read of God, during the bombing of London it's a beautiful work, I, I recommend it for anybody for their Advent reading, but The Read of God, she says in The Read of God that Mary is not only human, she is humanity what she did we all must do which is to say to receive God into our humanity, to let the Holy Spirit gestate in our hearts deeply to change and transform us, and then to give Christ forth into the world through how we love and how we serve and what we do. She's not just only human, she is humanity. So we ask for her to pray for us now and at the hour of our death. Amen.